Welcome and welcome. We're about to launch into the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Thank you for joining. Here we go. Well, welcome everyone to episode 100 of the ABSA podcast series On Duty. It's just a bit over two years since Jared and I sat together talking about uh, my journey in boarding. So today I get the pleasure to ask him the questions. So well done, Jared, for uh, 100 episodes of uh, On Duty. What a terrific opportunity it's been for so many people and a lot of fun. I thought we might start with a bit about your background. So tell us about where you grew up and, and uh, yeah, what, what's happened in your you know, childhood. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Feels a bit different being on uh, on this side of the table. My background, I, funnily enough, I was actually born over in England. Uh, I was only there for three weeks, though. Uh, Dad was playing footy over there, so I was born there, and then mum and dad moved back here to Australia. I uh, grew up in Brisbane, uh, went to Nudgee as a, as a day boy. I uh, loved every minute of it. Does that mean you have an English passport as well? Yeah, I do. That's a great opportunity. <laughs> All right, we might tap into that in some way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tell us about your primary school. Yeah, I went to St. Dipner's at Aspley. Uh, I loved primary school, actually. It was a, a little Catholic school. Uh, I got about oh, 600 kids, so I went there from grade one through to grade seven, loved all my sport, um, worked closely, this sounds funny, worked closely with the principal on implementing rugby league at the school. And that's cool. <laughs> yeah. and, and where did your love for rugby league come from? Uh, from dad and, and my grandfather. I grew up with it always on, always talking about it. Hot to this day, he still sits on his couch and all week just watches replays of the weekend. That's just gone before. That's fantastic. Yeah. And your dad played at a reasonably high level, didn't he? Yeah, he played over in the Super League in England uh, and then came back here and played for Valleys, um, good Valleys man, uh, and played a couple of other yeah, levels. Excellent. And what about high school? Yeah, high school went on to Nudgee. Uh, I loved my time at school. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, just the opportunities that, that the school offered you uh, in terms of networking, uh, your mates, sport, the classroom. Uh, I, I did OP at school, um, so... I had a group, a group of mates who didn't do OP, so that was always a little bit challenging uh, as I'd go off to, to class and they'd go off to their vet subjects. But uh, no, I thoroughly enjoy it, particularly the sporting opportunities uh, that, that, that we received. And, uh, and tell us about your favourite sports. Favourite sports, uh, cricket and rugby, either rugby union or rugby league. Obviously, grew up with the rugby league background. I've grown up with rugby league. Dad was a bit off sending me to Nudgy where there was only rugby union. But uh, he doesn't, not a big fan of rugby union, but we had the year 10 rugby league team, which was good. Post school, uh, rugby, probably rugby league and cricket. And uh, while you're at school, did you play reasonably high level? Yeah, I played cricket at a reasonably high level. Um, rugby as well, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. As I said, um, yeah, played for the first in cricket, which was. Uh, an achievement that I'm pretty proud of uh, and something that I, uh, yeah, will certainly remember. It's interesting seeing the Nudgy first. It seemed to be doing pretty well this year, did you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did, you, did you guys too? Uh, we came third. It's funny, you know, you see the Australian cricket team now, we're playing against the guys like Marnus Labashane and Matt Renshaw. There's some funny stories about how they got out and things that happened and just look on the TV now and gee, think, gee, it's, it's, yeah, it's a long time ago now. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. So uh, you said you, that you did uh, university entrance. That's what an OP is for those people who don't realise, a university entrance sort of course, an ATAR nowadays. Yeah, we're a bit, I'm a bit old. That's now. right. Yeah, you are too. <laughs> uh, so tell us about where you headed after school. 
Yeah, so I finished school and uh, went into a Bachelor of Exercise Sports Science. Uh, didn't do very well, <laughs> to my own admission. Um, probably wasn't committed enough at that stage. I obviously just turned 18 and wanted to, be, I guess I went down the party, party lifestyle a little bit. I wasn't committed enough for me at the time. Um, and that was reflected in, the, in my results and I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and so I... Funnily enough, deferred uni at the time to uh, to take on a full-time job. And what was that? I was a student travel company. So we organised overseas tours. Um, and I've been with my ex-boss uh, basically since, since he set up the company here in Brisbane from day one. Uh, and I looked after all the sports tours that we uh, that we ran for a number of the, the schools across not only Queensland but also Australia. So I'll come back to that. You did a bit of work before that? Uh, for a, a few places, I including Absa, I remember. I <laughs> Whilst I was at uni, yeah, I did a bit of casual work here for Absa, which was good. Obviously, going to school with Tom and knowing yourself through those nudgy days was, you know, good to help the bank balance while you're at uni. It was funny. I don't know if I was the greatest of workers back then, didn't have the best work ethic at, at that particularly younger age. But, uh, yeah, here we are, <laughs> finally enough, in a full-time position, uh, here for absolute again. So you do know I'm not disagreeing with that. So that's okay. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, your job in the travel industry. How long did you work for Student Horizons? I think in total it was about six years. And how did you come about getting that job? That was through Absa. So we're in Alice Springs. Uh, we're at the Alice Springs conference and I was working for Absa at the time. Uh, they were kind enough to take me and I was helping out a different partner uh, and I met Jamie, um, the boss of Student Horizons. I wouldn't be surprised if we're having a couple of beers in Alice Springs. And uh, he sort of said, look, I'm setting the, he had the company in New Zealand. And he sort of, he said, I'm setting it up over in, in, in Australia. Uh, would you be interested? What are, you, what are your plans post-uni? Or, or even, I, I still have a few years to finish my degree. I sort of, I guess, quickened the process a little bit of what I wanted to do. I wasn't enjoying uni, as I mentioned, and, uh, so we had a coffee when we got back to Brisbane and one thing led to another. He offered me a full-time job and, yeah, the rest was history, I guess, six years later. And you had a bit of a progression through that six years. What sort of roles did you hold? Yeah, so I um, I started out um, essentially as on a bit of an internship um, and then that moved into a, a sales development role. Uh, and then I my final role, which I thoroughly enjoyed, was the head of sports tours for our Australian office. Excellent. So... With your work at Student Travel, what did you find challenging? What were your most challenging experiences? Oh, what was challenging? Dealing with airlines. <laughs> <laughs> no difference today, is it really? <laughs> um, what was challenging? Oh, just when little things didn't go to plan or exactly how. I mean, as we all know, things with travel can can go a little bit differently and not as you'd, as you'd hoped. So it was about thinking on your feet and, um, you know, ensuring that the, to the group that everything's going well and everything will be fine. Uh, that was probably the most difficult. Uh, I guess the, the more organised you can be in those situations uh, and, the, and the, the quicker that you can build that rapport with the staff members but also the students that were on that trip, um, the better everything pan, panned out. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I can remember a trip that I uh, was leading and we landed in New York in the middle of a blizzard and the, uh, the bus company that was supposed to pick us up couldn't get the buses to come to us because they were snowed in. 
<laughs> and the travel company said, well, you'll have to work out a plan to deal with it, yeah. which certainly cost them a lot of money <laughs> and me a lot of heartache, but that's okay. So uh, I was told very clearly by Jamie yeah. that uh, you would never let that happen. And one yeah. of the things that we were really happy with with Student Horizons was their attention to detail when it came to risk management. So yeah. I'm sure you had a bit of uh, a bit of that challenge uh, yeah. with you. So how many countries have you visited? Oh, wow. How many countries have I visited? I don't know the exact number. It's, it's 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 quite high. I went on twenty six different trips just with Student Horizons alone. Wow! Through Asia, Sri Lanka, Japan, China. Then went over to places like Dubai, America, Canada, New Zealand, uh, all through Europe on soccer trips, the UK for cricket tours. So I've been very very fortunate. To Have you got any favourites? Favorite countries? Yeah, places that you went or trips that you're on. Yeah, but a couple of couple that really stand out, and I went on a few Japan trips. One of them that stands out is the recent Rugby World Cup tour. So we took a school here, and we went to back in 2019, then went to Australia, Wales, and Australia versus Fiji. That was pretty special. Uh, the Sri Lankan cricket tour that I went on was was certainly up there. Um, just a completely different culture uh, and something that I really enjoyed. Uh, but then there's also Places like New York's my favourite city, so an American, American Canada basketball trip that we took um, and going places like Whistler and just exploring and doing adventure type activities, which is just lots, lots of fun. Excellent. Oh, that sounds good. And so for all those people who like to travel, and I know people who work in Bowie like to travel because it's a good way to get away, <laughs> uh, what, are your trip, what are your tips or hacks about travelling? Be organised. <laughs> know your itinerary. Um, make sure you have your passport. <laughs> There's a funny story about that, isn't there, Jared? <laughs> you had to know that yes. already. And travel to places that you've never been before. Uh, I, I know for me, being able to experience the world and travelling to destinations that I've never been, it only grows your, your independence, your self-awareness, your confidence. Uh, you, you become more cultured which is something that I think everyone in the world should get the opportunity to experience. What a, what a nice thing to say. That's really cool. So let's uh, move into the present job that you're in. How did you get here? Oh, a bit stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, as we know, when uh, when COVID hit, travel stopped pretty quickly. And uh, I don't even know how. It's all a bit of a blur back then, May 2020. Uh, I think yeah. Tom and yourself reached out with some casual work that, you know, to help us get through whilst we were a bit unsure as to what was going to happen. You're on JobKeeper allowance Yeah, I got put on the JobKeeper allowance because, I mean, no income coming into into the business. In, in fact, quite the opposite. You had quite a stressful time, didn't you, by then? Very stressful. So we had 24 groups going away in April. Um, within four days, they'd all either cancel or postpone. Um, and then it was from there, pretty much went downhill. Uh, we all got put on JobKeeper. Half the company got made redundant. Um, and yeah, when we're on JobKeeper, that first payment, you know, you're sort of thinking, oh, do I need to go find another job here? How long is this, is this virus bad? What's going to happen here? Are we going to keep our jobs? Uh, and, and as I said, yeah, you guys reached out with some casual work uh, to tie me over, which was good. And then obviously when that, that went on a little bit longer, we went down to the next lower amount of JobKeeper. Um, and it was starting to get a little bit tricky. It looked like things weren't getting better. In fact, they were worsening, particularly border closures and the likes. 
And uh, yeah, first of October, I started full time with ABSA, which I'm very thankful for. Uh, as I said, it was pretty stressful there those few months is what's going to happen and how I'm going to get a bit of income coming through the through. The, so yeah. And tell us about your progression in ABSA with your job because it wasn't long after that that you did your first podcast. <laughs> That's a bit of a dude, is that quick to hey? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Nearly three years, which is which is a bit frightening. Uh, but no, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and and, and learned so much, uh, in, in ter- particularly in terms of the boarding industry. Um, obviously, having worked in schools, I knew the school side of thing, but I probably didn't know how different the boarding industry was. I mean, I went to a boarding school, had a number of mates who were boarders, but working in the industry and speaking to such experienced people on a daily basis uh, has only helped my progression of knowledge uh, immensely, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, cool. You and your mates, I know, thought that Tom was on a cushy job. Do you still think that? <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. It's funny though. Like everyone I've spoken to, or just in, in general, but on the podcast, they all mention it. You know, it's it, you don't really know what boarding's like until you're working in the industry, and it, no one knows what you know what happens, and they just think, oh, you know, I've heard literally just recorded an episode before this and someone said ah oh, it's just babysitting kids isn't it <laughs> it's like oh, it's, yeah it, it, it's 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 a bit funny now looking back and just thinking you know we always thought hey tom's always traveling he's doing this he's doing that what's he, what's he actually doing on a day-to-day basis so yeah that's it, pretty funny so uh let's look at your uh, progression in three years through abso you started uh, working in uh, events and communication and now you're a uh, general manager while tom's away um what uh, what have you think? What do you think you've learned uh, in terms of your own personal growth during that time? I think the biggest the biggest one for me would be the juggling of all the balls. Um, I know when I first started working here, I was I couldn't even keep one ball in the air, which was a, <laughs> a little bit a little bit scary. But you know you have to come to terms with that pretty quickly, just with the amount of different things that are going on and so many opportunities and I had to come up I know we all we had a number of conversations about best ways to do that and you mentioned you know Tom was in a similar position when he first started um, but you come to terms with it pretty quickly and you know learning what to, what you need what needs to be prioritized and uh, and things like that but yeah for me it was it's certainly being able to juggle more balls in the air yeah cool so um, many people will know that I'm a bit of an educationalist uh, like education. Um, tell us about your uni journey while you've been with us. Yeah, I uh, obviously hadn't finished my degree, as I mentioned earlier, deferred, wasn't enjoying it. Uh, and, and, uh, and maybe you weren't all that keen to see me because I used to ask you every time. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> well, no, outside, of, outside of work, every time I'd, uh, I'd bump into Richard, I always see good mates with Richard's son and, and through other circles, and <laughs> Richard would always say, so how's that degree coming along? And it got to the point where... I didn't like seeing Richard because I still hadn't gone back and completed it. But no, part of the uh, part of the agreement to work with Absa was that I had to complete my study. Uh, and very, very proud to have done that and very, you know, big achievement for me to get that done whilst working here full time. So really I can only thank you for that. And and can I say got distinction or higher for every result that uh, that you did during all those subjects that you had to make up and then can continue to finish, which is really good. I think that's something uh, you should be very proud of. Uh, I certainly am impressed. Thank you. Um, so uh, what do you enjoy most about your role at the moment? What do I enjoy most? Uh, I think certainly 
building relationships with the members. I love love getting out and visiting all of the different boarding schools, the different boarding houses, but more importantly, meeting all of the heads of boarding or boarding staff around the country. Just this week we've been to seven schools, haven't we? So, uh, yeah, it's been good fun. It's crazy to think that we, had, we visited four schools on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, like, as I said, that's, you know, that's what gets me joy. I'm, as similar to yourself, don't really like sitting still. So uh, a day in the office sitting behind the desk, I go a bit mad. Uh, so I love getting out and annoying people, I guess. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we enjoy about you in the office is you can't sit still even when you're talking to people on the phone, you yeah. walk around. Yeah. Uh, you do talk to a lot of people, it's part of your job. Yeah. What, what's your advice about striking up conversation in a crowd? Oh, that's a good one. You can thank Kim for that question. <laughs> I think just be confident. I don't know, it's hard. That's a, you know, that's a, it's not always everyone's cup of tea. Um, but generally speaking, people are willing to willing to chat and you know people want to get to know people and want to know how 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 different things operate and how different schools operate in our industry um so and everyone's appears to be willing to share and be collegial so i think just you know have the courage to to go up and introduce yourself oh awesome so with um a question that you ask everybody in your podcast what do you think the future of boarding is Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I, from, from, from my knowledge and what I've learned so during my time working in boarding, um, I can see a real shift towards the whole weekly boarding and flexible boarding. I think we're already starting to see that in a number of schools. But I think the, the whole arrangement, particularly around weekly boarders and flexible boarding, is going to be something that schools certainly need to take on board into the future. Oh, cool. I like that. That's cool. So time for our fast five. Uh, a series that everybody will know that uh, you ask people. Uh, so first, um, what's your favourite favourite food? Oh, you can't beat steak chips and a cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> Except uh, tell me you're not drinking beer this uh, this month, is that right? Oh, we're meant to be on an eight-week challenge with the, uh, with the gym. Got a big day coming up in June that I'm trying to lose a couple of kilos for. So, uh, and maybe you might like to share information about that big day in June. Yeah, getting married. Decided, grew the, grew the courage to, uh, to drop the knee. So, no, it's certainly exciting getting married down at Coolangatta, pretty special place for my fiance Mary and I. So, uh, yeah, we'll come around very quickly. That's and awesome. Many, many people listening to this will have met Mary too. So, yeah. they'll be pretty proud of, uh, of you and, uh, and congratulations on that. And we look forward to sharing that journey with you. What do you like uh, doing in your time off away from work? I love spending time with family and friends. I uh, love all sports. So if there's sport on the TV, I'm generally sitting, sitting there watching that. Otherwise, I like getting to the gym, um, trying to keep fit and healthy and, and you know, clear mindset. Very good. Uh, so slight variation from yours. So in terms of the school visits that we've had, talk to us about some of the interesting school schools that you've found. I won't say best because I don't think that's fair. Everybody's different. But what are the ones that you found really interesting? One of the ones that I found really interesting was, funnily enough, when we were over at TABS, the TABS conference presenting over there, I went and visited EF Academy in, uh, in, in New, or just out of New York. That well, was one of our members. One of our yeah. members. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, it was really interesting because whilst it's a completely different country, I think the bones of it is still is still the same. The majority of what they do over there is similar to what we do here. Facility looks fairly similar. 
Uh, and it was just really cool to see that similarity from an American boarding school to what we have here in Australia. Back here in Australia, I mean, it's hard to, I guess, pick out one or two. There's a number of different ones. I guess the one of our most recent ones is Penrose. I really enjoyed Penrose. We walked out and I said to you, gee, that's one of the most beautiful boarding facilities I've seen of late, uh, particularly just with how clean it was. Every board, every room was the same. I'm, I'm sure Liz wouldn't have arranged that. But uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, that, that was a bit of a standout, but also good for grammar. Just the way they've done their new co-ed boarding facility with the fingerprint touch to get into the boy side or the girl side, uh, they're pretty modern and classy. That's cool. I really like that. Thank you. Um, favourite holiday destinations? Oh, I mentioned it before. Before uh, I can't beat the New York trip. I love it. Favourite city in the world. Uh, city that never sleeps. Been there. lucky enough to have been there four times now, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to I can try and get back there again. So you had a good holiday there at the end of last year. What uh, what sort of things did you do that you really loved? Well, <laughs> we went to about five professional sports games. <laughs> it got to the point where Mary said to me, if you book another one, you'll be going by myself. By yourself. <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. But, uh, <laughs> no, that, oh, it's just, I love the, the, just the way they do things over there in terms of that entertainment for sports games. Um, the flip side to that, we went, we went to a number of Broadway shows. I loved as well. So, yeah, Mary loves those. But I also really enjoyed that. Uh, it's just one of the cities, you know, if you haven't been there, you've got to get there. That's fantastic. I really love it. Uh, and so one thing you wish you knew before you started in this job? <laughs> one thing or ten things? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can do ten in <laughs> <if> one. <laughs> one thing I wish I knew, I wish there was more hours in a day, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, no, one thing I wish I knew, I probably wish I knew more about the boarding industry itself. And I say that because I went to a boarding school and as I said, I had mates who were boarders, but I never really knew what went on in the boarding house or what staff had to go through or the professional development and personal development behind staff. Uh, that, to me, is something that I wish I knew a bit more of probably coming into the industry. As we were joking about before, with the boys always thinking that, you know, what's Tom Tom's work life like? Um, I wish I got to know that a little bit better prior to it. And I understand that because we often sit here in the office and talk about what timing to do to, to do things or to send things out. And I always refer to the busy times in a boring yeah. staff member's life, yeah. uh, which I think has been a learning curve for all those of you who've never worked in boarding. Absolutely. And it's fun to listen and talk to Tom at the moment, isn't it? Because he's experiencing that firsthand, yeah. where all of a sudden those things that we were talking about have become very real to him. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's making it more real to you too. It's not just me making it up as I go along, which <laughs> I think they think happens all the time. You do know what you're talking about. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Um, so story time. I thought you might like to tell a story about one of the trips you went on uh, because lots of people uh, have been in that situation with their kids or their boarders or uh, have seen their kids go away on trips. Are there any favourite stories or a favourite story of one of the trips that you're on or even something funny or... All international school trips, there's always stories that, that happen. There's a couple, one that particularly stands out actually uh, and we're in, in New York. Uh, we just finish playing basketball games. Um, and anyone that's been to New York knows, you know, the subway system's fantastic. As a group, we were catching the subway back to the hotel. We had to go to get to an NBA game that night. Anyway, turned out after the games that we were playing finished, it was about five o'clock. 
People <laughs> everywhere. Peak hour on the subway. It was an absolute nightmare. People everywhere. Anyway, so we just we'd split split the boys into into groups and they had a lot of staff member. And you know, with five five PM down in the New York subway, everyone it's every man and their dog trying to get onto the subway. No one no one really cares for anyone else's welfare. And we tell we we, we warn the boys, you know, we've got to get on quickly, we've got to get on quickly. Um, so the subway pulls up, doors open, it's a mad rush to get on. We're quickly trying to make sure all the boys in each group are uh, uh, are on the subway. Doors close, and then we just hear this bang. And one of the boys has hit the subway because he's he hasn't got on, so he's stuck. <laughs> he's, a, he's in grade nine. He's stuck on the subway platform at five pm by himself, and the subway started to take off with all the teachers oh, wow. and staff on the subway. So there's a bit of a, oh, God, what has just happened? Uh, and so myself and one of the staff members from the school, we got off at the next station. Uh, he waited there. I jumped I jumped back on the subway, went back to Times Square in the hope that the boy, we had a bit of a rule, if anyone doesn't get on, you just stay where you are and someone will come back and get you. Uh, so I went back looking through for this for this boy. It didn't help. He was only a short fella. So it's <laughs> starting to think, how are we, what are we going to do here? And thankfully, he's standing there, bawling his eyes out next to this pole, but he just didn't move, which was well, very, very lucky. Oh, wow. Yeah. Deep breath. Oh, yeah. He didn't have a phone, so it was, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh, <laughs> it's not stressful. That's a story everybody working in boarding could write. It's a really good, yeah. good story. That uh, that fear that uh, that faces staff members, but also how uh, how insecure kids can be at times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In a situation, can't imagine how he was feeling. No, yeah, true. <laughs> so to finish off, top five attributes that you think boarding staff need to have. Oh, good one. Uh, first one, empathy. I think that, that, that's crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to be empathetic with both not only boarders but their families as well. Have a sense of humour. I think that's important, being able to have a laugh with your boarders. I'm going to put this together, but to be care, caring and kind, I'm going to use that as, as, a, as one. It's, it's so important to, to ensure that the boarders know that your best interest is, is them um, and that you actually care for them. Uh, fourth, I'm going to go with to ensure that you're always learning, uh, not only from a professional side of things, but also from a personal side of things. Uh, I know I've spoken to a number of people on this podcast and they always talk about lifelong learning. Um, so I think that's so important. Uh, but then last, have fun. Enjoy what you're doing. You know, being in this industry for the last three years, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I'll have so much fun along the way. Uh, so it's, 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 it's one, I think it's personally one of the greatest industries getting around and we're doing wonderful things for the boarders that are in our care. So, um, yeah, enjoy it. That's awesome. Thanks, Jared. Really appreciate that. Thanks for telling your story. And I'm sure lots of people have enjoyed hearing a little bit about you because you've uh, certainly brought out a lot of really good things about a lot of good people too. And there's plenty more to come, which is rather rather exciting. So we'd certainly like you to subscribe to our Absa podcast on duty on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or I think there's even an Amazon one nowadays. Um, but also don't be uh, frightened to go back and look at some of the past um, podcasts because there's some great episodes out there in the first 100. Uh, what a record for you to hold. I think we've had over 20,000 listens in that 100 episodes and something you should be very proud of. So on behalf of everybody in the industry, thanks, Jared. Awesome.
Yeah, thanks, Rich. It uh, feels different on this side, that's for sure. <laughs> you didn't do too badly, did you? <laughs> I think I'll stick to you that time next time. But no, it's, uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for getting getting involved. I wasn't very keen on, on being on this side and, and being the 100th episode, <laughs> but uh, the team said it would be a good idea. So, no, thanks, everyone, for whether you've been part of an episode or, or you're, you're an avid listener, um, 20,000 listens is something I think we should all be proud of because it's all... You know, it's certainly something that uh, we, we enjoy doing. And, uh, yeah, let's see if we can get to 200. And the only true boarding podcast in the world. Yeah. Hey. Very good. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of On Duty. We hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.